Trouble? Yes, it would. He nodded. It was as if his whole face were filled with something he wanted to say but couldn't find words for. Then suddenly he became a pragmatist. Do you charge a lot? Are you expensive? I'm the most expensive and the cheapest, I said. He looked confused, and I added quickly, it depends entirely on what kind of work and who's hiring. On what you want me to do and who you are. Tell me about it. Okay, so your bike's been stolen, and you want to know who did it and where it is. No, I know who's got it. Really? Who? Joker and his gang. They want my mum. Your mother? I didn't understand. He looked very serious. Listen, what's your name? I said. Raw. What else? Raw Anderson. And how old are you? Eight and a half. And where do you live? He named one of the bedroom suburbs southwest of the city, a place I wasn't very familiar with. I'd only seen it from a distance. It had sort of reminded me of a lunar landscape, if they have high rises on the moon. And your mother? Does she know where you are? No, she hadn't come home when I left. I found your address in the phone book and I took the bus all by myself and I got here without asking anybody. We should try calling your mum so she won't worry about you. Do you have a phone? Yes, but she won't be home yet. But she works somewhere, doesn't she? Maybe we could call her there. No, she's probably on her way home by now. And anyway, I just assumed she didn't know anything about this. Suddenly he seemed grown up. He seemed so grown up, I thought I could ask the question on the tip of my tongue. Kids know so much more these days. And your father? Where's he? His eyes widened. The only reaction. He... He doesn't live with us anymore. He moved out. Mum says he's got somebody else, even though she's got two kids of her own. Mum says my dad's no good, that I ought to forget him. I could see Thomas and Beatty, and I had to say something in a hurry. Listen, I think I'd better drive you home, and then we'll see if we can't find your bike. You can tell me the rest in the car. I put on my overcoat and took a last look around. One more day was about to die without having left any special trace behind it. Aren't you going to take your pistol? He said. I looked at him. My pistol? Yes, your pistol. I don't have a pistol, Raw. You don't, but I thought... That's only in films, TV. Not in real life. Oh. Now he looked really disappointed. We left. The minute I locked the door, the phone rang. For a second I wondered if I should answer it. But it was probably only somebody who wanted me to find his cat. And it would probably stop ringing just as I got to my desk. Anyway, I was allergic to cats, so I let it go. This was the one week in the month when the lift worked, and on the way down I said, This joker, as you call him, who is he? He looked seriously at me and his voice shook. He he's... I... I can't. I didn't ask any more, until we were in the car. Chapter 2 It was turning cold again. The frost clawed at the milky sky. The morning's champagne fizz was gone. Not much hope in the eyes of those we passed. Dinner or problems at work or waiting at home. Winter played an encore, both in the air and in people's faces. I'd left my car at a meter up on Tournplas. It stood there looking innocent, even though it knew that the meter had long since run out. My little client had been glancing up at me the whole time. Just as any eight-year-old glances up at his father when they're in town together. The thing was I wasn't his father, and not much to glance up at. 
I'm a private investigator in his mid-thirties, no wife, no son, no good friends, no steady partner. I'd have been a credit to the National Association for the Advancement of Singles, but they'd never asked me to join. Anyway, I had a car. It had survived one more winter and was on its way to turning 18, but it still ran, even though it had minor problems starting, especially in choppy weather. We got in and were underway after a few minutes of my hard-handed diplomacy. Raw seemed impressed by my soundless cursing. I've always been good at that. I almost never curse in front of women and children. Maybe that's why nobody likes me. Suddenly we got stuck in traffic in the middle of Puddafjord Bridge. It was like being on top of a fading rainbow. To our right, Ask Island lay like a smear between the pale grey sky and the grey-black water. A thin veil of late afternoon light began to shimmer on the mountains. To our left, at the very end of Viken, lay the skeleton of something...